dust of Jacob Who can number his quarter part Let me die the death of the upright Let my end be just a sight Rise up now, Balak, hear me God is not a man, a liar Nor a son of man That he should change his mind Welcome back to the Redeeming Grace podcast. And last week, I started a conversation with Pastor Rory St. John of Coromdale Baptist Church, looking at God's call of Abram in Genesis 12. And we just kind of read through the account uh, briefly, picking up some of the main points as we look at God's call of Abram, the, the covenant promises that were given to him, and how God, in time, after 25 years, brought about the promise of Isaac. And so in this episode, we're just going to continue on from around Genesis 21 uh, and looking at the, the birth of Isaac and how God continued to um, bring about the offspring that he promised to, to uh, Abram and, uh, and then kind of finish up just looking at the, the, the 12 sons who would become the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah, so um, as the angel said, it would be a, a year. So they're coming down to the final stretch here before the promise is is um, realized in Isaac. And uh, so we'll jump down to 21. Um, some other things that obviously happened <laughs> prior. God rescues Lot and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah uh, destroyed. But uh, we're just kind of focusing on the the promise here to Abraham specifically. So 21 is is uh, important. We're told that the Lord, in verse 1, visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah had borne him, Isaac. And Abraham Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And, uh, and so we see, just as God had said, uh, Sarah conceives, though physically, as you pointed out, uh, this would be impossible at her age. But this is also, you know, probably important to note, this is not a, vir a virgin birth. You know, there's obviously a sense in which the, the, the miraculous nature of it points us to Christ's unique coming in that Mary, uh, you know, was a virgin. But this is still, you know, the the, the natural process, just God enables her body to um, to 
to to have a child when by any other um, circumstances she would be unable to. So, um, but obviously God fulfills His promise here, and uh, things happen exactly how and when He said they would. And we see as a result of the birth of Isaac, um, Sarah. Uh, drives out Hagar and Ishmael. She is now, um, you know, probably regretting her decision, but also not wanting the the rival son of Abraham, Ishmael, to somehow affect um, Isaac. And uh, and so, you know, in in uh, in, a, in a in a sad you know circumstance here, she drives them out and. Um, Yet God, as he said, continues to, to watch over them and uh, protect them, as God had told Hagar he would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so God powerfully um, brings about his promise. Um, yes. That could not happen apart from his His power. And, uh, yeah, he shows uh, his power in human weakness. And, yeah, just such an exalting passage of, of God's almighty strength mm-hmm. um, and uh, how we can even trust in all his promises even though they yeah. might seem you know humanly speaking not able to come to pass right absolutely and it's uh, it, I, I believe it's 25 years right between when God initially had given Abram this promise to when they actually realized the fullness of it Great. Um, yeah. He's 75, or seven, and then he's 100. Mm-hmm. We're told here that uh, when when he finally has a son, so you could imagine waiting 25 years for this to to happen, um, and God continually reaffirming this promise. But you know, the, I'm sure the mm-hmm. the questions and the sleepless nights and the the doubts that would have plagued them. Uh, obviously, they try to speed things along with with Ishmael even. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we can read it all in like ten minutes, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> years, years and years of their lives where they were, um, you know, at various stages of faith and doubt, and and God reaffirms these things and and finally brings it to pass. But yeah, I guess we can move yeah. on to chapter yeah. twenty-two there, unless there's anything else. No, that's good. Yeah, let's keep moving on. Yeah, so in chapter 22, um, obviously there's a lot here. Don't mm. necessarily need to go in depth, but this test of faith. And um, we really see Abraham here just with a full faith in God now, like a mature faith. Um, mm-hmm. You see him waver at various times before this. But uh, now he believes God to such a degree, um, God tells him, to take his son, Isaac, um, whom he loves, this mm-hmm. child of promise, the child through which all those covenant promises were to come, mm-hmm. and he asks him to kill him as a as a burnt offering, as a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. And uh, yeah, how, how crazy that would have sounded, mm-hmm. humanly speaking. God, you, you just fulfilled this promise over so many years. Um, You've said that you would fulfill, you know, this promise to make my seed so great, make me into a great nation. 
um, through this one son, and uh, you finally brought him here, and I, I love him. He's my only son, Isaac, and uh, yet you're telling me to offer him up as a burnt offering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but amazingly, Abraham trusts God so much that he doesn't hesitate, and uh, he takes his son, he saddles his donkey, brings Isaac along with him, and uh, cuts wood and, and goes to the place where God told him. Um, interesting, in Hebrews 11, it says, Abraham considered that God was even able to raise Isaac from the dead because, yeah, he he was yeah. ready to do what God commanded him to do, but he was also believing still God's promise that, you know, through through Isaac, his offspring would be named. So, yeah, the only logical conclusion with both of those things <laughs> being the mm-hmm. case would be that God would raise Isaac from the dead after he was offered as a burnt yeah. offering. And, uh, you know, it, metaphorically speaking, he did receive him back from the dead. Um, he was mm-hmm. ready to kill him, but we see yeah. by the end of this account, God provides um, a ram for the burnt offering. And so it's that on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So there's a substitutionary kind of element mm-hmm. here where Abraham's ready to offer his only son, but God provides yeah. instead a, another sacrifice. Obviously that points us to Christ mm-hmm. and how um, God has provided a substitutionary sacrifice in our place. And it's actually God's only begotten son, God's yeah. beloved son he offers for us. And, um, but yeah. this, this uh, at the end of this chapter, God reiterates the promises, um, and really they're they're kind of confirmed to Abraham because he's proven his faith in these promises, um, even by his works, as James two would say, and so the promises cons- um, confirmed to him. Um, verse fifteen says. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So again, um, those promises to to, to bless him and uh, bless the nations through him, to uh, multiply his offspring to a countless multitude. Now it's interesting here; it it does um, also seem to single in on one offspring, um, right? And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In the past, it, it you know, in chapter 12, it says, "In you shall the nations be blessed." And it's really in this one offspring of Abraham that the right. nations would be blessed. And and we see his his power here. He'll possess the gate of his enemies. Um. Yeah. Don't know if there's anything yeah. you want to comment there. In addition. Um. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I uh, yeah, it's it's so fascinating the amount of of imagery that God builds into to these stories, you know, and just a reminder that um you know, God even what what we experience now in in Christ is not plan B. It's not as though God, you know, had had uh, hoped that things would work out um differently than they have, but that he had set the stage and in, in, in even in Abraham and in the coming um days following Abraham, God is is really setting the stage for us to to understand our need and understand uh the solution that God would put forward in in his son um and yeah like you said it's really fascinating galatians 316 um just what you pointed out there you know this is exactly what what Paul picked up on he said um galatians 315 to give a human example brothers even with a man-made covenant no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified now the promises made to Abraham and to his offspring, it does not say and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ, this is what I mean, the law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to make the promise void, or if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise why then the law it was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary now an intermediary implies more than one but god is one and yeah that's uh you know today uh, a lot of people are very obsessed with the physical offspring uh you know ethnically speaking of abraham but for paul it's like no, it, it was about a singular offspring. That's mm. what what God is ultimately talking about. And, and we'll, you know, Lord willing, explore that more in, in days to come. But yeah, that's such a fascinating insight there. Um, mm. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the the picture of, of the one son being sacrificed um, upon the mountain, you know, we, we have uh, all of that so clearly pointing us forward. So um, we'll uh, kind of go through the, the last bit here fairly quickly and then um, kind of wrap it up for now. But we know that from from that point, um, God, he spares um, Isaac, the, the promised seed, uh, Abraham, at least the initial <laughs> seed, and um, and then we kind of move on. the The story continues in chapter 23. Well, Sarah, uh, after living 127 years, uh, she dies, and uh, she is buried. And we have in 24 kind of the famous account of Abraham instructing his uh, his servant to go and and find for his son Isaac a wife um, from his his own people. He doesn't want, uh, in, you know, even in in so far as the Lord's commanded that they not intermarry uh, the other nations. And so um, God blesses the the endeavor here and um, finds uh, Rebecca. And so Isaac. Um, through the, the help of, of Abraham's servant, is given a wife, um, Rebecca, and 
they are, are married. In chapter 25, Abraham dies, and um, he is also buried, even uh, as God told him that he would, he would die at, at peace. Um, he wouldn't experience the, the exile of, of the people into Egypt. Um, and then we have from Isaac, um, the children, they have uh, Isaac and uh, Rebecca, in Genesis 25, verse 19, gives us a little list of the generations of, of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca, the daughter of Bethuel, uh, the Armenian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the probably saying that wrong, <laughs> Armenian, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. So this is interesting. Now we have Isaac, uh, his wife, Rebecca, is barren as well. So this becomes a bit of a theme here. The Lord granted his prayer, we're told, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And uh, once her uh, due date arrives, twins are indeed born. The one first coming out is red. <laughs> He's a, a hairy baby. And uh, so hairy, we're told all his body looked like a hairy cloak. His name is Esau, and afterwards his brother, holding on to the heel of Esau, is born, who is Jacob, and we're told Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. And the boys grow up um, very different. Esau, uh, you know, kind of the outdoorsman, uh, the mountain man, I guess you could say. <laughs> and um, Jacob, uh, kind of the, I guess, the mama's boy, for a lack of a better word. <laughs> well, I'll let you carry on, actually. You can carry on with the, uh, the the outworkings of Jacob and Esau. So we have these two obviously important figures now coming from Isaac and Rebecca. And uh, mm-hmm. things unfold from there. Yeah, and it's interesting to note even Jacob's name there kind of means heel grabber or cheater. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> which shows his, it, it, it fits with his character, what we see here, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of in cahoots with his mom, he uh, steals the blessing of um, his father Isaac um, before that he steals Esau's birthright so he's he's a cheater he's a stealer um, kind of a heel grabber kind of you know <laughs> sneaking his way in um, to these promises Esau was the firstborn so he would have a birthright and, and a right to the blessing of his father and we would think um, thinking about these covenant promises that 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 would be kind of passed on through Esau, through through the seed of Isaac, the first seed. Esau naturally would um, continue that line of promise, that line of blessing. But that was not God's purpose. Um, you know, Paul will talk about in Romans 9 to 11 how actually it, it was God's purpose of election to, you know, pour his love out upon Jacob, even though, you know, Jacob is this uh, this mm-hmm. slimy uh, <laughs> kind of <laughs> heel grabber, 
kind of a evil kind of fellow. Like there's nothing necessarily in his character to commend himself to God. Right. But um, Mm -hmm. God still chooses to, through this course of events and through even his evil and his conspiring with his mother to steal a blessing, God ultimately has a purpose in that to, you know, continue the line of promise through Jacob. Um, So Isaac blesses Jacob instead of Esau in chapter 27. Um, In chapter 28, you noted here, verse 10 to 17, God um, reiterates the promise that he had given to Abraham and Isaac to Jacob. Um, So I'll uh, read this section here quickly. Mm -hmm. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in, in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So, um, yeah, we see... um, even there, Esau had married an Ishmaelite, and his parents were upset about this. Um, they send Jacob again back to where their family came from to find a wife. And uh, so he's traveling. He's in Canaan. God reaffirms the promise to give them that land and, and bless him. And, um, you know, through through his seed, you know, the, this countless multitude would come. And, uh, yeah, from there he... Um, travels on um, back to Haran or, or Padan Aram. I guess it comes comes by various names here, but uh, chapter 29, we see Jacob marrying two sisters through a really interesting course of events. Yeah. His eyes are set on Rachel, um, but Leah is the oldest, and Laban wants her married off too, so he wakes up, you know, night of, night after the wedding. Leah's there. He's married her, serves another seven years, this father-in-law, uh, Laban, to get Rachel. And, um, yeah, we see these two wives um, then begin to bear children, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Rachel, interesting again, she's barren, but uh, God grants her to have sons as well but this is uh where we get the 12 sons of jacob from leah rachel and their concubines as well so there are these 12 sons now of um of jacob which will be the 12 tribes of israel in chapter 32 jacob is fearful of esau um, coming back on his way back to canaan leaves laban and uh, one night in the midst of his his planning to meet esau 
he wrestles with the angel of the Lord. Um, so chapter 32, yeah. verse 24 here. Uh, and Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he, he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not, not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Um, then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I've seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So um, there we have Jacob's name mm-hmm. changing to Israel. Um, now, you had made a little note there about that. Uh, do you want to explain the... Uh, yeah, well, so, you go ahead, yeah. Yeah, so God prevails, um, and uh, we see even him, in a sense, prevailing against God driving. Um, but he notes there that God had let him live, even though he saw God face to face. Here's another yeah. theophany, right? And, and right. I think yeah. we could say a pre, pre-incarnate kind of preview of the, of the son of God. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, God kind of allows him to, to strive with him and he prevails. Um, though his hip is put out of joint here, and uh, so Israel means that uh, God prevails and that in context, you know, Israel prevails as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, even just this last summer, I was teaching through this a little bit and for some reason, I, the name Israel, I I'd have a hard time attaching it to Jacob. I tend to think of Jacob as Jacob. But, um, yeah, his name also changed there, which is really interesting. And, of course, this is the name the, the nation even today is, is still somewhat obviously known by. <laughs> so mm-hmm. interesting to see that history there. Mm-hmm. Getting close to where we wanted to, to get to here. Um, God, as he has done many times, um, you know, we saw him already now reaffirming his covenant to Jacob. And so clearly Jacob is the... The, the line through which this promise will continue. His name is now Israel. And so in Genesis 35, um, we have a God again uh, reaffirming this to Jacob and again reaffirming the, the, the name um, Israel given to him. So we're in, in chapter 35, God again comes to Jacob, tells him to go to Bethel and dwell there, make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. And so Jacob um, said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings that were in their ears. Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem and uh as they, they, they journey on, um, verse 9, God appears to Jacob when he came from Padam Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is 
Jacob no longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel, and God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him, and Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone. He poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the name of the place where God had spoken with him, um, Bethel. And, um, and then from there we see um, Rachel um, and Isaac uh, die. And we're given uh, in verse 22 the offspring of, um, of Jacob from his, his wives. So I'll just read that so we kind of have these names in our mind because obviously the 12 sons become the 12 tribes. So the uh, second part of verse 22, we read, Now the sons of Jacob were 12, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ishakar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Bilah, Rachel's servant, Dan, Naphtali, the sons of Zilpal, Leah's servant, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padam Aram. And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre of Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. Now the days of Isaac were 180 years, and Isaac breathed his last, and he died, and was gathered to his people, old and full of days. And his sons, um, Esau and Jacob, buried him. There we have really the, the establishment of these 12 sons of Jacob, who would become, obviously, the, the names by which the 12 tribes are known. We could keep going, obviously, but that's... Uh, obviously very important and foundational to our understanding of uh, where these promises come from, even as we want to look further uh, in, in future episodes on understanding Israel today. We have to kind of have this groundwork laid, I think. Yeah, we've seen, um, you know, God established this line of, of promise, and these are the people through whom he's going to fil fulfill all these uh, these covenant promises that ultimately do lead us to Christ and see that a little bit more next week, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Well, I really appreciate your, your time already today and we'll look forward to continuing on uh, with this conversation. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been good just reviewing these things and uh, always encouraging to get into God's word. Amen. Who can count the dust of Jacob? Who can number his quarter part? Let me die the death of the upright. Let my end be just a sight. Rise up now, Balak, hear me. God is not a man. Okay, we're going to pause the conversation there for now and we will pick it up again next week as we continue to work our way through the account in Genesis. And I do hope it's been helpful for all of you just to once again consider God's work in redemptive history, in calling Abraham and all of those promises that were given. And Lord willing, in the weeks to come, we will see how those 
prepare the way for Christ to come and for the establishment of the new covenant. And so hopefully you can join us again uh, next week as we continue on. Also, just want to mention that the music uh, for the intro outro here is from Jamie Souls and just really appreciate his ministry. You can find his music at solmusic.ca. And also, if you're looking for uh, more of Coram Deo's information or teaching from Pastor Rory, you can find their website at coramdeogp.com and also our church website at redeeminggracechurch.ca. All right, God bless, and hopefully we will join you again next week as the conversation continues.